0: Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont. All the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. On.
1: I'm Brady Steffel.
0: He's looking extremely happy to be here.
1: Yeah, always for you, Eric. What up am a game face. But hey, how's the
0: motorcycle? Last time we checked, Brady was in the middle of restoring the motorcycle. Wait,
1: waiting on parts. I think some of my jets are supposed to be here today. That's the big thing is... <laughs> You get, you do your carburetor work and then, uh, even if they're not leaking, there's always something else to tweak, you know? Um, right. yeah. yeah. So the old, the old style these days, you got a little sniffer, right? On the back end, it says, uh, sniff, sniff in the gas in the exhaust and it says, Hey, there's too much gas coming up unburned. So we're just going to lean it out a little bit. In the old days, you physically had to take the entire thing apart, <laughs> put different parts in it. Um, so I got some different ones. Uh, I think they're in the mailbox. So that's exciting. But listening to a lot of, uh, audio book. Nice. Are you an editor. Audible fan
0: or are you an
1: audio, audiobook person? How do you that? Yeah, 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 I do. I got, well, I got this little speaker here. I'm going to drag this guy around. Right? Or sometimes I love that just, speaker. I like, have seen that speaker. and that yeah, is it works cool nice. It's a cool speaker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do that or the headphones or whatever and then just put that on. And um, when I'm out there for hours at a time, I uh, put on audiobooks. And there's uh, JK Rowling uh, yeah. wrote a writes I think she's still writing them uh like a crime mystery novel series um under the so under a pseudonym I can't think of what it is
0: I really wanted to pay you money just to say I have heard about this amazing book series she did it's called Harry
1: Potter and Oh yeah no I, I guess she did that one too I've never read it I've never no, seen No no no
0: I just really wanted you to like discover that in the moment right now and go <laughs> oh my gosh this is amazing
1: <laughs> No you haven't heard uh this this one I buy I think it completely under the radar so how is this like,
0: is this, you know, and I think we both talked about we're not, we're not like the greatest Potter fans, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it. No, nope, No judgment. Just never really got into it. In my, my life. And I don't know why, but I just yeah. didn't try to read it a few times. Just didn't really resonate with me. So is this like a totally different
1: kind of feel vibe? Series? Again, I've never read Harry Potter. I know, but you kind of but get no, it is. It's, it's well. a very adult driven story. I mean, there's some pretty grisly stuff. Um, you know, a lot of murders kind of a non pornographic
0: way though. Right. When you say adult, no, right?
1: right, right, right. None of that, uh, none of the, uh, none of that uh, extra flavorful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a crime series. And so there's some pretty visceral stuff be warned in it. Um, but she does a good job writing, uh, the characters does a good job writing a mystery. Uh, this one was like over 30 hours as an audible book, which is, wow. yeah. yeah, value for money. I was going to say
0: she's not really one to write short Mm-mm. books, so yeah.
1: But it's always, it's very compelling, it's been compelling yeah. from the beginning to the end. It's one of the few book series in my life that I thought, um, boy, this is like I'm excited for the next book to come out. This should be fun. And so the it's Cormoran Strike is the name of the detective, and I think it's the Strike or Cormoran Strike series. If anybody can you spell it. that? In? I what think it? it's C O R, Cor. Moran.
0: As he Googles here, everyone, we're waiting. Why, you know, if I'm going to tell people
1: to spell it, i would. it all right Yes. I can't
0: understand what, I can't quite get what you're saying. It's
1: so. Cormoran. C-O-R-M-O-R-A-N. Okay, cool. Cormoran. Okay. Yeah. Because it sounded uh, like sure. you were
0: saying Corwin Strike, and I was like, what's Corwin Strike?
1: Get your ears cleaned out there, buddy. I know. You yeah. want to talk about Longmont at all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's talk around
0: what, what, what we got going around Longmont. So, uh, Let's see. Um, I know that the Longmont Library, one of the things I wanted to mention is they're doing discussions on ancient philosophy. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Our friends at the Longmont Library are really cool about sending us information about what they're up to. And that's one of the things that they're going to be doing is is a discussion on ancient philosophy. And I am going to do the Google machine here and try to find out a little bit more information. Uh
1: Uh-huh, quick, uh-huh, so uh-huh. i'm
0: stalling of course but you're always so nice to extend me a life raft here um <laughs> like, oh, I want you, I want you but if you want more information you can definitely check out the library site um but yeah let me see where i can find inf- i just had it right in front of me oh here
1: it is here we go um old men use technology that's right exactly <laughs> the podcast
0: uh it's a CU graduate program seeks to involve community and in discussions of classical philosophy Can practicing philosophy free you of worry and anxiety? That's the way the you know the fourth century BC Grecians felt. Or Greek society felt. I, you know, I'm not really sure if that's true. Kind of makes you curl up in a ball and you start getting a fetal
1: position. Did you study philosophy? Yeah, my
0: degree was in philosophy. So for me, it's kind of like you realize like your mind is blown and you realize how insignificant you are. But oh
1: yeah, the crushing weight of existential dread that, exactly. that everything we do will die <laughs> exactly. in the heat death of the universe. No matter what you do, all information will eventually be lost. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, great. That's yeah. good stuff. So uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta power through that. In cheerier news, apparently Colorado Springs and Fort Collins are among the top 25 cities where people have moved to, this is, I don't know who worded this, during the pandemic based on one-way U-Haul rentals. Really? Yep. Huh. Yeah, so that's from myuhaulstory.com apparently. My, um, is that
0: your U-Haul story or somebody else's U-Haul no, story?
1: No, that's apparently U-Haul has a thing. I guess this is run by U-Haul. I don't know. It's called myuhaulstory.com. <laughs> that's right. It's a bit of a clunker of a name, but there you go. It is. Hey. Uh, yeah. Northport, Florida, Florida, Kissimmee, Florida, Florida. Wow. Um, the top three are all uh, Florida. I'm looking for the Colorado ones. Springs is 19th. Uh, Fort Collins is 25th. So still, I mean, there's only so many cities in the in the United States and uh, they're in the top 25 is to in Colorado. And I'm not surprised. I got to say when people are moving to the front range and it's going gangbusters, um, it keeps broadening where people move to. And I think Loveland, Fort Collins have some really cute areas to them. Um, not to be all elitist, but, you know, love Longmont, but, um, and I think it's a bit more affordable. You go up North yeah. a little bit. It's what Longmont was and why people move here, why people still move here, why people move there. So, um, you know, well, good for them. Fort
0: Collins is just continues to grow and grow and grow. And yeah. so there's that affordability equation. So and a lot of opportunity there, it'll be, you know, it's not going to rival Denver by population size, unless maybe I'm just not that
1: right. Clairvoyant,
0: but it's certainly, um, I think it's a quarter of million people,
1: which is pretty, it's a, it's a big corridor and you figure, I always feel like it's so far to get to Loveland or, or, um, or Fort Collins, but really you get on 287 you're sort of just there. I mean, yeah. And then once you get to Loveland, it's like a continuous city. That's yeah. I like think you're just, yeah. Eventually yeah. FT Collins, which is what my GPS calls it. FT Collins. <laughs> <F. T>. Collins. <laughs> then you're just there. You're just there in FT Collins. Um, you are? Yeah. yeah.
0: So well, one that's of the things cool. too is I wanted to make sure that we didn't start a riot from our previous uh, podcast where we talked to Curtis Jones For the botanical interests, I'm just curious if people are just rushing out to go get seeds. And you know, the flower bin and Ace hardware, they have to fend off people with pitchforks who are like, you know, rioting to get seeds that are no longer on the racks. So (laughs) I just want to make sure. I I do feel like
1: yard work is going to be a big focus for me this year since we can't do much. So I was thinking about that, you know, in the wake of the the last um, interview. And it's like, you know, I, I think I'm gonna get some sod. I'm gonna live up to that Eric Hosemple life. Get me some sod to repair the dog damage, and then yeah, I wanted to build some more flower boxes this year, but lumber prices are so expensive. Yeah. But still, just plant out as much as we can and use that as an outlet because, like everybody else, uh, we're we're bored and stuck in the house. So, yeah. So I to ask your take because Longmont, the city of Longmont, I guess, is gonna ask for public feedback on increasing the number of quote in quotes your granny flats in neighborhoods. Um so like at the ADUs the accessory dwelling units. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I mean some people call them granny flats or carriage houses or whatever you want to call them, right? Yeah. 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 So um let's see uh looking for the the dates but they're they're doing more they're talking about increasing the numbers more. Again, um the way logmont has grown it has gotten quite expensive and it's tough to find a place in a you know with a yard and that kind of stuff. And I've even seen a couple up the block for me of adus being installed and i've talked to chad uh about him putting one potentially in his lot too and they're relatively affordable good way to make extra income or to put guests or whatever and you know i don't i don't really know how i feel about having adus in the neighborhood because it's you're you're jamming a lot more people into single family homes it's a neighborhood that was designed to be a certain thing and then I don't know. What's your take on that?
0: Well, as I was gonna say, you're, you're in a different neighborhood. You're, you're definitely residential as far as like no multifamily where you right. are. Right. We are actually, our designation is R2. So we actually do have a lot of rentals in our neighborhood. Okay. And what's fascinating to me is a lot of those came about during the depression when people were looking as a waiter to, to make some extra income or even before that, you know, the twenties and such. And so we've got, you know, we have these, you know, you've got the main house and then you have a, a smaller house behind on the same lot yep. in many of these houses. And it's fascinating to me. And, you know, I think, uh, and I'm going to speak from the heart here. It was one of those things where we moved into the neighborhood and we just thought, uh, oh, renters, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I think a lot of people could really be enlightened by the fact that, um, not to say like, I'm trying to say I'm, I'm perfect. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination, but, but the thing is, is that People take care of the property no matter if they rent or they own. You can have right. a really crappy owner, you know, and, you know, somebody who's like living next to you who just is just mean and vile. And unfortunately they're going to be there for a long time yep. or they don't take care of their yard or whatever that gets your juices going. And that's a problem. But I have to tell you that most of the people who rent their property around us have been just awesome mm-hmm. and really cool. And it's really more about kind of creating the neighborhood a little bit. Are you going to give up maybe a little bit of income or potential income? You know, we're not looking to move anytime soon, but you know, are you going to give up some of that potential gain because you've got people who rent and you've got some mixed use? Uh, Maybe so. But again, isn't that kind of what we want? We want people to like live in a neighborhood and be able to kind of stay there too. So if you're looking to improve a house with ADA or, you know, some handicap accessibility or some smaller houses where older adults can live or whatever it is. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think they're neat. I've, I've looked a lot at the, 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 the images like of uh, layouts and stuff is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. Blueprints and that type of thing. they are a lot of them designed very smartly and could be really neat for, particularly for guests <clears throat> or for, yeah, if you got older parents that are going to be around quite a bit or something like that. So I'm yeah, not, <clears throat> it's, it's really fascinating.
0: You have to take, you should take a tour like in my neighborhood, like in the alleys. It's really funny. So there literally is like a house, a few little houses like that are just near the alley. And then there's a bifurcation of a fence and mm-hmm. then you got the main house. It's really interesting. So it's kind of cool. So
1: yeah, it makes for some pretty, pretty, pretty interesting different pieces. Yeah. So I'm not opposed to them. I just, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you have to decide what you want, what neighborhood you want to live in. And uh, we don't have any HOAs around here. So you got to do whatever you want. Uh, I lost the link, but I also saw that Boulder was listed as number seven friendliest bike community in the states. Yeah.
0: So do you um, think that kind of washes over to us too as well, or do you think that that's truly innately Boulder? I imagine that there's a lot of cyclists, you know we know one, Lauren, who's like an avid cyclist, and I imagine mm-hmm. she, she would suggest that we probably have some shortcomings to kind of get to kind of a boulder. Um, or an ability to be more like Boulder from a bike standpoint in the sense of getting around. And I know a cyclist
1: too, so you can come. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I cycle. Um, that's one of my, my healthy out, you know, hobbies, whatever, how to keep my heart from exploding. And I'll say that it's it's not too bad to get around Longmont. The North South corridors can be difficult, uh, particularly, uh in the old town area until you get to i think there's like a bike line at an airport or something for a while (laughs) but some of those can be really hard to go north south but you've got like mountain view and um some other ones that are pretty good to get east west um i don't mind biking through the the bulk of longmont once you kind of know the the different ways to get around i wouldn't say it's the best bike place in the world uh better than the places where i lived in kansas um, I also would really like to see the city do more with like hard barriers because yeah. you get real nervous. You see these people driving massive trucks and stuff. Yeah. I kind of get the feeling that they don't always know where they end. They're so big. And if you watch on third street close to old town here, so just South of the, um, the sunset golf course, there's, you know, Oh You yeah. get a bike lane going up and you don't get a bike lane going down that hill there. And if you watch people drive on there, they just, I mean, they will just drive, literally with two wheels fully in the bike lane the entire time they don't care and it's like well what's the point in having a bike lane if nobody's going to treat it like something that needs to be respected so we we have work to do if we want to be great but ultimately we have a lot of like moderately traveled roads in the city that you can get around on if you if you don't want to go on the big uh arterials then you can sort of get around without absolutely i want to
0: get to our guests here in just a second but i want to comment on that too as well but you know and for me it's 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 always been like gosh you know i i you know that south sunset i'm probably avoiding that if i'm cycling i'm going Mm -hmm. down another artery street just to get down but because there is no really a defined bike Lane yeah. kind of makes me a little nervous. So, so, you know, I, I think again, it's going to, it's going to catch up to us. We're going to see a lot of improvements I imagine coming on the pipe, but, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm much more satisfied with where we are now as far as bicycling, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'd agree. But with
0: that. let's get to uh, John Valencamp who John is our guest here on, on side dish. And thanks John so much for joining us. Um, John is the editor of the times call as well as the reporter Loveland reporter Herald. Is that, Correct or did I really disrespect your title?
2: that is correct
0: <laughs> got it right nailed it yeah right. so John, can you tell people who um who really aren't familiar with perhaps your position with the times call like what what do you what do you what do your job duties entail like what do you do
2: well, uh, they're growing uh, I do more now than I did probably ten years ago in this job um, Uh, Let's see. Uh, Most days, what I take care of is our opinion content. So what you see on the opinion page of the Times Call uh, has either gone through me, been vetted by me, edited by me, selected, etc. I do the same thing for the Reporter Herald. Um, Additionally, I serve as a a frontline editor or the first edit on a lot of the local content you see, although I, I serve as part of a team of editors who work uh, out of the Boulder newsroom. We're in a shared newsroom environment with the Boulder Daily Camera. So I work with Julie Vossler Henderson there. She's the editor of the Daily Camera. And uh, really in many cases, it's it's first available editor on something. So, uh, (coughs) however, I do my best to uh, have the first edit on content that's written by our local reporters because I want to know I want to see what they're writing. I want to be the one to give them feedback. Uh, additionally, come up with story ideas for them, or at least uh, have them bounce their ideas off of me uh, and then give general direction. Uh, you know, what do we, what do we want to be doing this year? What should we be doing differently? Uh, let's see. Additionally, I handle special editions for the times call. Okay. So our annual 100 edition is, is, uh, is my job. Uh I need to make sure I make the assignments for that, Uh, come up with a hundred names or actually about 110 or 20 names. Um, It's a lengthy list. I'm also, as I tell people, I'm the chief complaint taker as well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we know, and this is going to be a really far-fetched, stupid question. We know that local news has changed pretty dramatically in the last few years. And you could, maybe you can say, Oh no, I want to take exception to that but i think that there's just been a real craving for local news or a sense that people should for our for the good of community and such have access to local news and we should bolster local news and so i'm curious if you wanted to comment on that uh, that kind of movement if you will do you feel like do you feel like it's better worse same that sort of thing i'm just curious
2: well, i'll I'll avoid saying better or worse. Yeah, I'll say that we don't have nearly the staff that we had ten years ago, fifteen years ago. The times call used to used to be a newsroom of more than thirty people. if you if that gives you some uh, context. today, there are about a half dozen of us. Uh, and those are positions that are shared among different newsrooms as well. That does not minimize the the importance local news has to us or how her, how hard the people work who work with me and for me uh, to do this. Um, in terms of the, the the importance of local news, um, I think it is the very thing that keeps us in business and should keep us in business. It, it doesn't do us a lot of good to provide readers something they can get everywhere else or anywhere else. Um, so Longmont News is our focus as it should be.
0: Yeah. And so, what are the, I'm curious, what are the, your kind of garden variety complaints? Is it because the type size is too small, or is it uh, people don't like the TC line, or people love the TC line, or your, or the overall news is projected to be maybe too liberal, too conservative? I'm curious about that. I think
2: the, yeah, I think these days, most of what we hear is that we're either too liberal or too conservative. Um, and that's in which is when I hear it from both sides, I feel like perhaps I'm doing it right. Um, Sometimes if I were to, I, I wish I could connect the person on one side of my ear with the person on the, in one ear with the person who's in the other ear and say, Hey, you should, you should talk to this person who thinks that I'm, I'm far the opposite of what you think
1: I am. Um, Let you two if, uh, dogs fight it out in the ring alone. Yeah. I'll just, just get out of this. <laughs> yeah, if,
2: if you want to disagree between yourselves about what <laughs> I am, go ahead. Uh, leave me out of it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the uh, that that's probably an everyone complaint. But the other thing is, is we do hear complaints about, hey, we we want to see more local news, you know, and and it, it is difficult. You know? We have a lot of readers who've been uh, reading the Times Call for decades, you know, and 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 they remember what we used to be able to do, and it's something we just can't do anymore. But we're still doing our best. I'll say that. Um, they want to see local sports. They want to see, hey, what Skyline and Longmont played. We want to see that in the paper. Uh, you know, there are a lot of questions we get and a lot of interest in um, automobile crashes, you know, thing, things that are going on. Hey, I saw a lot of police lights. What is that? Tell me. And and it might not be the biggest news, but we should let people know what's going on in their community. Uh, there's a pillar of smoke near the edge of town. We should find out what that is. Um People really want to know what's going on in their community. I'm really glad to see that um, because it lets me know that people uh, are engaged in their community. They have an interest in what goes on in their community. Um, So, those are uh, in terms of feedback I get. uh, People want to see more local content.
0: And so, when you get that feedback, does it make you much more optimistic or perhaps cynical or pessimistic about the future of? Our society or community.
2: It, it, I think that depends on how my day is going. At that point, uh, uh. <laughs> um, g- generally, I find that when when people are interested in what we do, uh, when they are when they care enough to engage with me, to give me a call or send me an email, that actually is a, <laughs> that makes me feel optimistic. Uh, the, my greater concern will be apathy. If someone really doesn't care what we're doing, that's a bad sign. So I can accept the fact that people have complaints or say hey we wish you would do this or that or we give us more of this. Um, that tells me that they're 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 paying attention to us, that they, they're following us, they care what we do. And I think they they care that we stay in business and that they care that we continue delivering well, delivering news whether it's throwing it throwing a paper on your driveway or having a wait having it wait for you in a newsletter every morning, you know, when you when you log in.
0: Yeah. Well, and um, I wanted to kind of touch upon something else too, like what what do you think the public, what's like maybe the one thing that you think the public should know about how you all do your work that you don't think that they either appreciate and or know? About what goes on for a newspaper. I mean, when you talked about, and I'll give you an example. When you talked about, you know, editing stories and that sort of thing, I picture you with a green visor and a red pen, and I know that's <laughs> clearly not what you're doing. So, yeah. what you know, what is maybe that one aspect that you think the public is either it just misunderstands about about the business these days?
2: Yeah, I, well, uh, it, there are several things. One is that we are a business. Uh, it's really difficult to give away what you do. Uh, and, and while we do give away a lot of it, we can't give away all of it. Um, that's one of the things. We still have to operate within a budget. We still have the same types of restrictions on us in terms of spending that another business might have. Um, so I have to be considerate of, of how much money we're spending. You know, uh, we, we, can't, uh, we do not have an endless supply of resources to do our jobs. Um, I'm not saying this to, this is, I'm not excuse making here. If we fail to do something, we fail to do it. And, and we, should, we should do better if we fail at something. One of those things though, is that we're a business. Another is that you know, we're real people and we're in the community. Um, I think uh, especially in the last few years, there is a sense that um, I, I think we're conflated a little, a little bit with this idea of, of, of um, mass media or the mainstream media or the national media. Uh, we're not that. You know, we we do pick up Associated Press stories in our in our newspaper. Uh, we do run national columnists, but what we do in our newsroom, or in this case, from our homes these days, is our focus is on local news and local voices, uh, and and that's what we do. Um, th- this is a the the, the most uh, extreme situation I can give you is is this was a, a woman in Loveland who called me. And I had a hard time convincing her that I was local. Uh, that that she thought, and I, and I, I don't think she was kidding. She thought I worked for the Washington Post. Um, and it was really, I thought, no, I really don't work for the Washington Post. And and actually, what happened was she had confused Washington Post with Denver Post, and she had heard somewhere that you know the Denver Post bought us, and 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 and. and she was not convinced, even though I told her that I was sitting, I was actually sitting at my desk at the time, not here at home, but I said, I'm right here. If you want to come visit me at, my, at the office, come see me. I'm and Or like you just did, you can call me and I'll pick up the phone and here I am. I don't work for the Washington Post. I work for the Loveland Reporter Herald. And I would say the same thing to someone in Longmont, which is I'm local. Uh, the people who work for us are local. Kelsey Hammond is local. John Fryer is local. Matthew Jonas is local. There are, there are people who work for the Times Call, actually, most of us who work for the Times Call, I should say, live in Longmont. We, we know the community. That's an, and I think that's, uh, that's, there is some confusion. And I admit that the fact that we're part of a larger chain now uh, mm-hmm. of newspapers creates that confusion in people's minds. Uh, but nonetheless, there are those of us still working here who worked um, from the days when the, Lehmans, when the Lehman's owned the Times Call.
0: Well, and we've been to be clear. You've been in the community for a long time, correct? I mean, you you didn't just get on the noon stage and fly over here, you know. And and you you've been in here for a very long time, as I recall.
2: Yeah, it's been a while. I um I in fact I worked for the Times Call back in the nineties. I um ninety uh, late ninety through ninety six, left for five years. Um, worked for a couple of different newspapers elsewhere, and came back in two thousand one. I've been with the Times-Call since 2001, and in 2017, the I was um, also put over the the Reporter-Herald. It was it was uh, an opportunity for me, which I took when the when the editor there left. So I am now uh, officially the editor of two newspapers, although I get a lot of help. With- <laughs>
0: And um, you know we we do shameless plugs here. So do you want to you want to give a, a plug of anything about the Times Call or the Reporter Herald?
2: Uh, gosh, I I haven't put my marketing hat on for a while. Um, I will just I, my shameless plug is this: is that is that uh, we care about our communities. I work with people who who care about what they do, and this maybe gets back to some of the you know this misunderstanding. You know, who are we? And they're really the people who just work their tails off uh, to provide local information for people, Um, and that we are accessible. Uh, uh, We pick up our phones. Although (laughs) when I'm working from home, I don't pick up my phone all the time, but it'll 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 pop into my email into my email list. Um, And and another is that we we do this every day. We are a 365 day a year product and service um which i when you think about the fact that for instance in the times call it's a handful of people doing this um that's impressive that that tells me that's a sense of how hard these people are working and the same thing in loveland and i know we're talking long not today but you you may have five or six people who are covering seven days a week and covering three sixty five, uh, you know. And another thing about our, our operation is that we used to be a a, a one. Uh, our news cycle has changed. You know, when I first started this, the news cycle was once a day. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was a once a day news cycle. And now it is a, a continual news cycle. We still have to meet some deadlines and get stuff done and out of the way, but it is never ending. Never ending.
0: It probably doesn't allow for much time to do really. You know those those long period those long pieces. You know where you're doing you know research and feature articles for a, a long length of time because you've got this kind of revolving cycle of of kind of urgent news.
2: That is harder to do. Uh, I will say we still give our reporters the opportunity to do that. Right. Uh, if you take a look at yesterday's or Sunday's edition, we had a couple of, of really good pieces. I thought one by Kelsey on what's being done up in the burn scar area Mm -hmm. um, from the Cowwood fire. And she had the opportunity to go up there and take a look with a photographer who I thought came back with some images I just didn't imagine I would see, which is just a blackened forest. Uh, So that was an opportunity that we we took and we still do. Um, And then uh, Katie Langford um, had a lengthy piece on see you's response to the john eastman situation and what went on behind the scenes and how they made their decisions so we still do that uh it, it's harder to do uh because there's just so much churning every day now that's going on with every reporter i kind of liken it to trying to change your shoes during a race you're still you have to keep running and change your shoes at the same time <laughs> It's just it it doesn't stop but you still got to be prepared for the next thing
0: you know that's really kind of an epiphany aha moment for me Personally, it's just not really thinking. I think a lot of people have have placed local news as like somehow on some sort of different cycle. Like you're not on, you're, you know, you're still on that same kind of wheel that everybody else is. You're just doing it locally. And yet I think everybody's kind of thinking, no, no, no. The news just Times Call comes out once a day. They're not, you know, it's not thinking about or having to do just updates all the time, but it clearly is. It has to, or else you become really you know, you're not very relevant then. So,
2: right. And 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 I, I don't want to misrepresent what we do, and, and and act as if somehow every reporter is continually updating everything. But certainly, the, um, the the news what comes to us is continual. We never know what what we're going to get hit when when it's going to hit. Um, whether that's a um, for, for instance, uh, woke up. Oh, I think it was last Wednesday morning. Uh, I was working a morning shift and I had a a text waiting for me pretty early from our uh, morning breaking news reporter about a shooting in Lafayette. It's like, Hey, this is going on. Uh, I'm at my desk. Can you get someone there? So uh, immediately I had to figure out, okay, who can we get sent there? uh, Which photographer can we get going in there? In fact, the, the morning reporter had already started that, that, that process. But even though I had some other duties to take care of that morning that breaking news took priority and i had to push aside what i was going to do to make sure that one we could get people to the scene and two we could report live from the scene and then get that edited add any photos that we could grab and get that posted
0: wow well john i want to get you out um don't want to take up too much of your time and your busy busy uh life but uh, one thing i want to ask you is is Kind of like, what is your, you know, what is your sense of Longmont? Like, what gives you hope for Longmont? And then, then we'll let you get out.
2: Hope for Longmont, not just from my professional standpoint. Yeah, Longmont. Well, as as you, you can of Longmont. answer it either
0: way. So, but okay. You know,
2: yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I. Uh, first uh, of all, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm not neutral about this. I, I live here. I've lived here for a long time. I love living here. Um, I think it's just like one of the most beautiful places on earth. I think it's. It's uh it's a, it's a well-run place. I, I, I if you think about it, I mean, I have got right now, I am, I am speaking over a broadband internet service that our city provides. I mean, not that I don't pay for it. I do. Who else has that? Very few places have this that have the speed that we have. Um, I can look out the windows of my house and, and I see mountains, you know? Um, and, and the other thing, though, is I think this community is full of people who care. Um, I think I look I look at people who are active in their community, who volunteer in their community, um, a place like the Our Center, where that has a that has a history that reveals that for for generations, um, Longmont residents have cared enough to to come together and say, hey, how can we solve this problem? Um, I, I could probably, you know, if you give given me a, an assignment overnight to come back to you with this, I, I would give you even a longer answer. But what gives me hope is that this is a, this is a community full of people who care and people who are engaged. I, and another example, you know, you look at a city council meeting when there's something that's important in front of the council. And there's an, and I'm thinking back in the day when people were still meeting in person to look at the number of people who would stand up and speak. Uh, or even now, you know, when it when it's uh, virtual, and it's time for people to speak, the number of people who line up to talk, uh, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, or you think, hey, I wish they'd give someone else a chance, whatever it is, those are all a bunch of people who really care enough to stand up and 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 speak about what matters to them. Um, I think that's what makes our community a um, one that I think we can be proud of. So I mean, and there there are the natural things, like I said. There, if there's natural beauty here. We have great parks, yeah. etc. But but also, I think we have just talented, caring, uh, forward-thinking um, people who are who who know how to work together to get things done.
0: Awesome response. Um, yeah, obviously, he hasn't listened to our podcast that much because he said <laughs> talented, and we're certainly hacks aren't we? So yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) wasn't necessarily talking about us. Exactly. John, we really appreciate you being on the podcast and uh, look forward to um, hearing from you in the future. And thanks for everything you do for keeping us informed.
2: Thank you, Eric and Brady. Good to meet you. And uh, anytime you would, uh, feel free to welcome me back or or call and say, hey, we need to talk to you about something. I'll be happy to join you.
0: Awesome. We'd love it. Thanks so much, John. Have a good day.
2: Thank you. All right.
0: All right. That was John Valencamp, the editor of the Times Call, as well as the reporter Herald, and uh, giving us updates about news as well as local news and um, just kind of the situation in the long run, too.
1: Yeah. No. So yeah. It's always interesting to know what's going on with the local news scene. I mean, it's and actually, it, things- it sounds
0: really stupid to say this, but I really never ever entertain that. I always, I kind of grew up when the Times Call was an evening paper, mm-hmm. which is really funny. So you'd go home and it'd be there on the doorstep, and you'd read it and you know, and then it changed to a morning edition. And I just, I don't know why I never thought that they're, they're on the same treadmill that everybody else is to like, churn out news all the time.
1: It's a constant grind. And then you um, have stuff too, where it's like things are happening. Even if there's nothing stuff, nothing much that is worth a lot of attention, you're expected to keep putting stuff out. I mean, it's kind of social media syndrome where it's like, there's always something being posted by somebody. Somebody's awake, somebody's posting something and it, you know, if you have certain areas like that, it can it can just get weirder and weirder. The stuff that gets treated as news. Yeah. Um, I'm not by any means accusing the Times Call of that, but you yeah. do wind up on a treadmill and you're chasing, and you're you just have to keep putting content out, and um, that that can be rough. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Anything else before we kind of move along? Um, any other um, wonderful news?
1: Exciting uh, we need to I don't everybody. know how long we've we been going here. Uh, I feel like uh, probably we should let the people go, but we there's, probably should let the people go. Let yeah, the yeah. let my people go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is uh, a good sentiment. So it, I really appreciate everybody. Uh, well, I appreciate Brady being on the podcast oh. every week, as always. Appreciate our intro music by Andy Eckler, and appreciate having John Rollins Camp on. Um, find us on all the places you can find your podcast content iHeartRadio, uh, wherever rate us,
1: that's
0: Brady's big thing, he always wants everybody to rate Get us to smash some
1: likes and stuff,
0: yeah, it helps people find our podcast, that's right video. and you know, if you find something you really like we'd appreciate you letting us know uh, by reaching out to us at sidebitchlonglot at gmail.com again, longmont at gmail.com and uh, you know, reach out to us if you want a sticker to share your support. You know? Thanks, Brady. Thanks,
1: Eric. Until next time.